morning will be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Again, good morning. It's exciting to be in the church of God again as we draw closer to the Lord together as one body. And uh, I want to invite you again to turn here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 as we are continuing this thought from last week as I began looking at the, the message and the idea of why come to church. Last week we looked at Philippians chapter number 4 and again the Lord directed my heart to, to ask this series of questions on why do we attend church? Why should I join the body of believers? And as we looked at the picture of the church last week, the who, the what, and the when of the church, it's important to establish the foundation of who we are as a body of believers. Second, we looked at the purpose of the church. We are called to worship God, to gain wisdom, and most of all, we are to witness to others of all that God has done and can do in our lives. Third was the, the plan of the church. We make it a point to sing His praises, to show our love, and to share His message in, of Christ. And in doing this, we are to have patience. And that is not to question God and don't quit on God. So that was kind of a recap of what we looked at last week. And today, I want to continue this thought of why come to church and look at another letter from the Apostle Paul as he addresses the church in Corinth. In reading the first nine verses of 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, we find and understand the identity of who Paul is addressing. Who is he talking to? Again, this is addressed to the saved believers. This is the local church of Corinth, if you would. Although uh, they were part of the church, they were not without error or without fault, just like us today. Those that are members here are not perfect or not without fault or error in our own ways. So again, there's some things that we need to learn and to grow and to understand. Paul was addressing that same idea here. Again, Corinth was a very carnal church. The word carnal is translated from the Greek word meaning fleshly. Again, having the idea of wanting to follow the world, doing what the world does instead of what God wants. This church, again, had been caught up with all these different types of sin and followed the world instead of what God wanted. So let's have a word of prayer this morning, and then we'll get into the second message of why we come to church. So let's pray, and then we'll get started. Lord, again, we thank you for those that are here. Thank you for those that have given up their time again to come and worship you. Lord, I thank you for uh, the visitor we have this morning. Again, I pray that you would continue to bless him and help him as he's working in this area. But Lord, I also pray that you would help each member that's here. Lord, help us to, to think about what it is we are doing and why we are doing it. Who is it that we are to be serving and why uh, you've called us here? So Lord, I pray that you would help us as we open up your word here again to read this note from uh, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul as he's addressing this to the church of Corinth. Lord, help us to allow the Holy Spirit to examine our lives. Help us to draw closer to you. Help us to understand more of what we are to do. Lord, we love you. And again, we thank you for all that you've done. We ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, just like our church, any other church that's ever been in existence, the church in Corinth was not perfect. They had problems with the church. And that's number one this morning, is the problems with the church. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 10. The Bible says here in verses 10 and 11, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 
For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Paul wanted to address the problem that were open and obvious to others and very lovingly but firmly correct them. Now, that's something we may not like to hear when we come to church is to be corrected on what we're doing wrong or to be disciplined, if you would, as a believer. But that's exactly uh, what I am to do as the shepherd. If something is going wrong, I am here to correct it. I am here to try to help you come back in line according to the Word of God and follow it the way you need to. Now, again, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us if you're saved this morning. And the Holy Spirit's job is there to correct and to teach as well. So it's something we've got to make sure that we're allowing freedom uh, in our lives. Lord, you have free reign in what I'm doing and, and help me to follow you. But that's exactly what the Apostle Paul was doing here. He was trying to help them. No matter what church you're a part of, you will find that there will be problems, believe it or not. <clears throat> believe it or not, again, our church has problems. We're not exempt. We're not perfect. There are some that don't like the color of the carpet. There's some that don't like the style of music. There's some that don't like the style of my suit. There's some that think it's too hot. There's some that think it's too cold. Again, there's a variety of things that we can look at that people complain about, uh, again, coming to the church. But Paul was told that there was divisions and contentions in the church. I would believe that there was some that would say that they don't want the church. And I'm not talking about those that are not saved. I'm saying this is the ones that are saved, the professed believers who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. There are some right now <clears throat> who are not here, and there's some that maybe even be here that have this same idea, who say they want nothing to do with the church, with God, or His Word. If that's the case, the problem is one of two things. First, there would be a problem with their salvation. It's not a true trust in God type of salvation. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. After truly accepting the Lord Jesus as our Savior, there will be a change in your life. Will you be perfect? No. No one is perfect. None of us uh, will get that way until we get to heaven, amen? But again, we should have a different desire, a want to follow the Lord. That change has created a new type of love, a love for the Lord, a love for His believers, a love for His Word, according to what we find in Scripture. So, if you don't have that type of love, then you need to do some soul searching and see why. Sometimes people suppress that love because they've been hurt in the past. Some say that I'm not that touchy type of feely kind of person, um, but I'm not talking about that. And if you have problems with that, maybe you need to allow the Holy Spirit to correct that and fix that in your life. But many people know the verses. They know and can recite scripture, but they have never trusted and truly believed for themselves what is found in the word of God. Instead, they trust in what mom and dad say. Or instead of trusting what the, the Holy Spirit says. You know, you can fool your friends. You can fool your parents. You can fool me. But you cannot fool yourself and you cannot fool God. You can dress right. You can look right. You can smell right. You can act right. But God knows the heart of every man. Those that want nothing to do with the church are either not saved or they have backslidden and are not, not right with God. That's your two choices. Very seldom does anyone agree that they're backslidden. 
You ever go up to somebody while well, you're backsliding? No, I'm not. They're never going to say, oh, yeah, you're right. Very seldom will you ever find that unless the Holy Spirit is beginning to speak to their heart and convict them of what they're going through and help them uh, in, in different situations or trials in their life. That's why the Holy Spirit is there to, to bring those things into your life because He's trying to steer you back. Maybe you've got trouble in your life because God is not pleased with what you're doing and He's trying to correct you and bring you back where you need to be. But we never think about that way. We're always looking at as well, <clears throat> God just doesn't like me. No, God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. And He's trying to correct you to bring you back into His perfect will where you need to be. But again, there's some that... I've just been backslidden away from God. They have problems that they can't seem to find the answer to. But God is right in front of them drawing and inviting them back into the fold. Wherever you go to find the answers to the problems of your life. Do you go to the world or do you go to the word? It seems simple. If you want godly wisdom, then you need to go to God's word. Some don't want the church and some don't like the church, believe it or not. This is the question to ask yourself, do I like this church? I'll be the first to tell you. If you don't like this church, you need to find one that you do like. You think, well, that's kind of a bold statement. Well, that's exactly what you need to do. Here's the caveat to that. You better find one that preaches and teaches the word of God. And follows exactly what scripture says. There are some who say, well, I don't like this about the church and I don't like that about the church. You better be careful in recognizing the difference between your preference and doctrinal positions. You will never find a church that you will agree with 100% all the time. I don't know if I agree with myself 100% all the time. More or less a, a group of believers. But maybe God has placed you here to learn something that you didn't know. Maybe he's trying to get you to grow spiritually. And growing involves being stretched. And growing includes times of being uncomfortable. It's what we call growing pains. And people don't like that. They don't want to be stretched. They don't want to get uncomfortable in what they're doing. But God says, I want you to be better. I want you to know more. I want you to understand more. And to do that, I've got to grow you. That means I've got to stretch you a little bit. That means I've got to maybe increase some uncomfortable times. When that happens, we must learn to surrender to the Holy Spirit's teaching. Also, there are some who feel they don't need the church. You ever met those people? I don't need the church. I read this from another pastor a few weeks ago. He wrote, some through the years have said they don't need the church to have a relationship with God. They believe it's superficial and just a religious tradition brought about by man's desire. When someone says they don't need the church... They speak from a self-centered, self-indulgent mindset. Their talents, their abilities, their resources, their prayers, their giving, their support, their love, their fellowship. All of these things are vitally important to the church to exist and to fulfill the commission in the world. The truth is, your church does need you. And contrary to popular belief, you as a believer need the church. I thought, man, that's pretty bold. But he's so spot on with what he said. These problems can cause division among those in the church. It can cause contention between other people because they're not acting exactly the way I act. They're not doing it the way I do. And too many times we get caught up with our preferences versus what we find in the Word of God. Don't let the problems keep you from coming to church and being part of the church. 
If we can get past the problems, then we can realize there needs to be some perspiration in the church. Number two is perspiration. And I'm not talking about turning the heat up and preaching on hell and getting you sweaty. No, perspiration, some work in the church is what we need to do. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Paul mentioned that he was sent by God to do a specific job, and this job had to be done the right way. If not, it would not have little to no effect to those that he was speaking to. If you're a part of this church, more importantly, part of this local assembly, God has given you a job to do. He's called you to work just like he's called me to work. There is, some, <laughs> there is something for everyone to do. And there's a lot of people who have asked, well, what can I do? What is, what is it there to do? What does God want me to do? And it's something we've got to pray and ask the Lord to, to reveal to us and show us. But let me give you just a couple things. First of all, you can start off by being faithful. That's pretty obvious, right? Secondly, uh, you can be friendly. I don't want to be in church. It's sure good to see you. <laughs> really? Be friendly. Smile when you talk to people. It's amazing what a smile will do. We can also be filled with joy. Think about what God has done for you. Again, we give praises. Why? Because God has done so much for us. Why can't we be filled with the joy that God has given us? And show that to others around. These are some things that every one of us can do. We all have some type of talent or ability that we can use to glorify God. Recently, we had a work day. Something where everybody could come and be a part of. There was a list of things, of, of things people could do. <clears throat> But yet, we didn't have a whole lot of people show up. We're always looking for people to help. People to be teachers. People to fill in as teachers. Or backup teachers. Nursery workers. Children's church workers. Hey, you can stand at the door and greet people. You can go out in the parking lot and help people across the, 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 the parking lot. Or direct traffic. Whatever the case may be. There's things that we can do. Hey, you can go in the back, in the back kitchen and clean out the refrigerator. Ooh, nobody wants to do that. <clears throat> especially not in the church. But there's something for everyone to do if we would just look for the opportunity to be a part and to be involved. Too many times we don't look for the opportunity. I want to help, and I'll wait for you to tell me, but I'm not going to look for anything. I don't want to look around. I don't want to see the need and, or see the need and meet the need. I just want to sit around and complain about the need or wait for somebody to direct me. People are willing to work for other organizations and charities, but they won't raise a finger to help the church, this organism that they are members of. Another form of perspiration is that of witnessing. Paul again mentions preaching the gospel of Christ there in verse number 17. He also mentions it in verse number 18 that says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The witness we have and give is by the power of God. How often do we tell others what the Lord has done for us? How many people even know that we attend church? Witnessing can be done in a variety of ways, and we can hand out tracts and invitations. We've got them on the wall back there for us to, to pick up and take out and go. I think it's one of the most underutilized ways of witnessing to other people. You know why I say that? Because we haven't ordered any in a while. So that means nobody's taking them. 
But yet you don't have to say anything. Just do that smile. Hand it out. Let the paper do the talking for you. And like I said, it's one of the easiest ways to witness. There's other people that will post things on social media. You know, I've seen a lot of different things that's going on in our town where people will write things and, and post things. But when was the last time you mentioned something about the church? Our witness, again, reflects in our lifestyle. Are we like Christ? Are we an example for others to see that reflects who the Lord Jesus is? Paul said in verse number 20 and 21, we need to have the wisdom of God. Look with me in verses 20 and 21. It says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the worldly the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We get, uh, get up each morning and ask the Lord to show us what it is he wants us to do today. To give us the wisdom we need to uh, deal with the problems that we may face. You know, it takes work to pray. It takes work to prepare. It takes work to have the power of God on your life. But ask God to help you put in the work he wants you to do. Not necessarily what we want, but what he wants. Ask God to show you what his will for your life is for today. And let's work together in seeing our church grow and go forward. Another way to help is to do that, to go forward, is to promote the church. Number three this morning is to promote the church. I thought it was kind of comical as I was going through this. You come to verse number 22. And look what it says. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. I didn't plan that, by the way. I was just going through Scripture, reading, and looking. I was like, all right, promote the church. Yes, yes. Promote? Oh, they need a sign. Huh. Well, you know, it's amazing because we've got a beautiful sign right here on Main Street. We're able to, to share with others what, what it is and who we are. They, we, we put messages on there that I hope are an encouragement to people as they drive by. I've had people say, hey, uh, I look up your memory verse every week, and and uh, this, that, and the other, so they enjoy this. It's great for having it here on Main Street. But I've also thought about what about your neighborhoods? How is it that we can promote where we live, and what are we to do? You know, I've thought about having signs made that people can post in their, in their yards and advertising in their neighborhood what's going on in the church. I've thought about having booths at a variety of events that are in town, uh, activities that can get the word out. Maybe we could even advertise a spot on the, the outfield fence. You know, I thought about buying a big, putting on the outfield of, of the ball field so people can see that they hit a home run or, hey, hit the sign and we'll give you a Bible, something like that. You know, just something that would attract people and show them, hey, uh, we are alive and we've got things going on here. We're not dead. But promote what God has done for us. And wanting to do things like this, we have to ask ourselves, do we like the church? Again, we go back to that question, why? If you like something, you're going to talk about it more. If you like something, you're going to tell somebody about that. Like that pumpkin cheesecake I had the other day. Mmm, sure was good. It's that time of year again, you get to have those things. Why? Because I like it, so I'm going to share that. When we like the church, when we like what's going on, we're going to share that with other people. We're going to tell them what's going on. You may think to yourself, it's kind of a bold question. But if you're not happy here, all the discontentment hinders the Holy Spirit's work in the church. 
As a pastor, I want the Holy Spirit alive in this place. I want Him working in and through our lives. And when we get excited and we tell others about what God is doing, then that will attract more people to come and see for themselves. What's going on? What's happening here? It becomes infectious in other people's lives. As a pastor, I can only do so much. Our Sunday school teachers can only do so much. Our deacons can only do so much. But if we would all work together, then we can accomplish so much more. We have a song in our hymnal written by Dr. John R. Rice that says, Little is much when God is in it. I can't do anything of myself. But when God's a part of it, He becomes the multiplier. He can make things happen. But finally this morning, we need to have some persistence in our service to God and His church. So number four this morning is persistence of the church. Look with me at verses 25, 22 excuse me, through 25. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block unto the Greeks' foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. We have the power of God on our side. This should excite us and energize us as we begin to move forward. And some will never accept the Lord. We understand that. Some will never get saved. Some think it's foolishness or a stumbling block. But that doesn't mean we're to stop. No one can see the future. No one knows who will accept or who will reject Christ. So we must be diligent in continuing to share God's message to everybody. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There are some in the church who want to quit. There are some in the church who think they've been taken advantage of. So ask yourself, why am I serving? Who am I serving? And in what power am I doing it? If it's not for God, then it's for the wrong reason. Yes, we can get tired as we serve. Yes, we can take a break if we need. But we're never to quit. Be persistent in prayer. Continue to grow in your faith. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you day by day. And let's work together to see this church grow. But it all goes back to that initial question. Why do I come to church? Why am I here? What am I to do? Where am I to serve? Do I like this church? Do I like what it stands for? Do I like where... <clears throat> they take a stand on what they believe. So ask yourself this morning these simple questions. Why do I come? And how can I serve? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning as we stop and think about this idea of why we come.